Thank you for downloading a sermon from the Chapel of the Cross. The Chapel of the Cross is a welcoming, growing, and historic Episcopal Church in Madison, Mississippi. I hope you will join us on Sundays for worship at 7.30 a.m., 8.45 a.m., 11 a.m., or 5 p.m., with Sunday school for all ages at 10 a.m. I also invite you to connect with the chapel online at chapelofthecrossms.org. Again, thank you for downloading this sermon. I pray it will enrich your walk with Christ. May God bless you, and we look forward to welcoming you and your family to the Chapel of the Cross. I speak to you in the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Our gospel message ends in this way this morning. I tell you, this man went down to his home justified rather than the other. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled, and all who humble themselves will be exalted. If you were to come into the church offices just after 5 o'clock this past Monday, you would have found me in my office, alone, with my head bobbing to Billy Joel's Only the Good Die Young, blaring from my computer speakers as I began writing this sermon. This single from his pop rock album, The Stranger, was written in 1977. Yeah, that's right. Just a short of a decade before I was born. There's a part of this song that always sticks out to me, and I'm always reminded of our gospel lesson about the Pharisee and the tax collector whenever I hear it. Billy Joel sings, I'd rather laugh with the sinners than cry with the saints. The sinners are much more fun. Only the good die young. So yeah, just after 5 o'clock this past Monday, I decided to take a peek at today's gospel lesson. And when I did, I knew I had to listen to this song or it would be stuck in my head. Today, this morning, we have a sinner and a saint or so it seems that way. Prayer is what brought them to the temple. The Pharisee, seemingly the saint of society. The one who does everything right. The one who does everything required of a faithful Jew. He has a very lofty and high opinion of himself, and this he does not hide. We are not allowed to see the real authentic person he is because he is so focused on who he is not. All we know about him, all he tells us is that he is not like other people. He makes that quite clear. He ends his laundry list of who he is not by mentioning even this tax collector. He probably said this with a sideways glance cast upon the tax collector standing far off who probably barely fit into his peripheral vision. I wonder if the tax collector would not were not there would the Pharisee have included him in his list 
of sinners. It seems as if he throws the tax collector into the mix for good measure simply because he is there, simply because he is a sitting duck. The Pharisee leaves the temple thinking that he has justified himself and the person he thinks he is to God. Then there is the sinner, the tax collector. We hear much about them in the Gospels. He has a very low opinion of himself, which society shares, but he does not hide it either. He is a member of a despised group of persons in ancient Palestine. Tax collectors were in cahoots with the Roman government. For this reason, they were regarded as outcasts. They betrayed their own people for a government job. They were considered unclean because within the scope of their work, they dealt with Gentiles. They were extortionists whose get-rich-quick schemes included filling their own pockets by skimming off the top some of the taxes that were collected by the Roman government. These are two vastly different persons found in the temple, and both are praying to the same God, but in a much different fashion. The Pharisee, he is confident in who he is, or better yet, who he is not. He has a righteous swagger about him. He fasts twice a week and gives a tenth of his income, which is very admirable of him. Society looks with a favorable opinion upon him and his lifestyle. He is in the middle of society, the epicenter of society. He is a person of tremendous import. The tax collector, who is in the Lenten season of his life, is standing far off, unable to come forth and approach God, wailing, perhaps very audibly, and cannot bring himself to even lift his head and look up with his eyes into the heavens. The words he cries out to God are probably along the lines of Psalm 51, the Miserere, the greatest of the penitential psalms that we recite on Ash Wednesday and other penitential occasions. The tax collector, he is on the outskirts or the margins of society. And this is resonated by his standing far off, for he is deemed unclean and cannot come near the Pharisee who is considered ritually pure. He does not fast and does not give a tenth of his income. But something, something has drawn him to the temple. Something has drawn him to prayer. Though we aren't told what it is, we could surmise probably what it might be. Something has drawn him to the temple, which was the location associated with the presence of God. Now, in seminary, I took Hebrew instead of Greek. So you won't find me throwing out many Greek words in my sermons. But you will today. The first word the Pharisee speaks to God is the Greek verb, Eucharisto, meaning I give thanks. Perhaps that word, perhaps that word Eucharisto, sounds familiar to you. From it is derived the word Eucharist, which is our own communal prayer of thanksgiving to God. I find it quite interesting that this Pharisee thanks God for who he is, who he is not, while at the same time trying to justify who he is. While not too terribly far off, the tax collector does not even attempt to justify himself at all because he knows who he is. He knows what he is. 
He knows he is eaten up with sin. The good news in this passage is that in the Eucharist, no matter who you are, we should all give thanks that we do not have to justify ourselves as worthy to approach God, as worthy to partake of this meal, as worthy to approach this altar. In the Eucharist, we come together not as sinners or saints, not as holy and unholy, not as pure and unclean, not as honest and dishonest, not as close to God and far away from God. We come not as black or white, not as gay or straight, not as liberal or conservative, not as saved or unsaved, not as a bulldog or wildcat. We come together as broken human beings who are made saints through Jesus Christ. We come as sinners who are made righteous through Jesus Christ. We come already justified as righteous in the eyes of Christ who made us righteous. If we are to be honest with ourselves, we all tend to act like the Pharisee from time to time, although we are the tax collector most of the time. But what we need not ever do is justify who we are to God. It is God who created us. It is God who wonderfully and fearfully made us. It is God who has restored us. It is God who saves us. It is God who loves us. It is God in Christ who has justified us. And for that right there, I say Eucharisto, Eucharisto, Eucharisto. I give thanks. I give thanks. I give thanks. In this season of stewardship, in this season when we are discerning how best to give of our time, talent, and treasure, let us not give as the Pharisee in our gospel lesson this morning, who only gave so that he could account himself as righteous before God. That makes giving sort of like a chore, something that you have to check off the list, and it is empty of any joy. Giving should be joyful. Let's give like Zacchaeus, the tax collector, small of stature, who climbed the sycamore tree to see Jesus. He gave because he experienced the love of Jesus Christ. Let's give our time, talent, and treasure because we have seen and experienced that same love of Jesus Christ in this holy place. Let's give because we do not have to justify ourselves as anything else because we all belong to Christ here at the chapel of the cross. Amen. Amen.